Okay, hello everybody. Today is Wednesday. Normally Wednesdays are the Ask Me Anything, where I respond to your questions and comments. And I'm going to be doing a little bit of that just now. Also on Wednesdays, I tend to begin the AMAs with a borrowed question, and all of that will be incorporated into today's episode. But as you can see from the title of this one, this is an announcement episode. There is now a paperback edition of the book Killer on a White Horse, written by yours truly here, me, Ned Dahan. It is a novel, a murder mystery, and it's a different type of murder mystery, so I would prepare everybody for that, and it's definitely going to have a more casual flow as to as compared to a formal tone. And I'm sure all of you longtime BBOR listeners will know that the book was out electronically, but there is now a wonderful paperback version. So if you head over to Amazon.com, you can have a look at that, and as always, if you do have the Kindle, the e-reader, the tablet, there are free um, samples that you can look at, and so on. But because Wednesdays are traditionally the AMA, I would like to look at a question that was asked to me about a different kind of book. And this is from NPC Porky, who said, Ned, I recently wanted to buy a book or series of books related to the Zodiac case. Of course, I read the original book by Robert Graysmith in the past, but now we know all the problems with it. What is your favorite book or series of books related to the Zodiac Killer case that you would recommend to your viewers? I know I'm more interested in a book series or books that dictate the facts of the case based on the official documents and make some speculations based on those facts instead of trying to fit the facts of the case into the suspect or the authors. And um, my response to this was that, um, firstly, I talked about how Mark Hewitt's Hunted might be up your alley, and then Porky actually reminded me about um, what about Michael Cole's trilogy, and I was like, oh yes, of course, completely forgot. Zodiac um, Revisited is a trilogy by Michael Cole. The first one is called The Facts of the Case. That also might be up your alley. But then, of course, you also have the police reports from Tom Voigt and Just the Facts that can be purchased. Um, you know, it's an assembly of the police reports in order. That doesn't exactly give you commentary, but that's still very important. But to answer this question, I also propose Zodiac Killer Solved by Ray Grant, the book that I just finished reading, because what the, the reason why that's an answer to the question is Ray Grant really divided his theories from the facts of the case. Like, you can tell when he's doing factual analysis or he's discussing things from the police reports. And I can tell that Ray Grant spent a lot of time with the police reports in his book, Zodiac Killer Solved. And then you can see in the, ne in the next section, it'll go to the theories when he's talking about his ideas about who the suspects were and so on. Very, very evenly divided. So I would put that one in there, too. If you would like to hear comparing and contrasting among the Zodiac suspects, I would recommend Sighting In on the Zodiac Killer by Drew Beeson. That book is divided into three parts, mostly. The first section is commentary, and it's it's putting forward a case for Don Chaney being the Zodiac Killer, his suspect. Now, this isn't perhaps exactly what MPC Porky was asking, but in the middle section, there's just a set of um, discussions about the different Zodiac Killer suspects where Drew is weighing the pros and the cons. And then the third and uh, final section of the book 
explore some of the primary source documents, looking at clues in the Halloween card, and so on. So to recap, uh, Mark Hewitt's Hunted, um, the Zodiac Revisited Trilogy by Michael Cole, Just the Facts by Tom Void, Zodiac Killer Solved by Ray Grant, and Sighting In on the Zodiac Killer by Drew Beeson. Now, as for the book Killer on a White Horse, I've said very clearly in the past that it was based on the Zodiac Manson connection, that that was some of the source material that went into it, but absolutely a different story, different characters, and you can see that some of the uh, characters are going to be based on real people. Others are based on people whom I've known personally. Someone was asking me about that. I think it was Jason. And then some characters are completely original, or they are much older, and so on. But I said I had a borrowed question for uh, you guys, and it comes from Brian Davis, the host of the Tate LaBianca radio program. And I've been listening to that one as I've been driving, just trying to sneak in some extra true crime during every waking moment. So when I was listening to last week's episode of the Tate LaBianca radio program, there's a very famous uh, moment when three members of the Manson family, Leslie Van Houten, Susan Atkins, and Patricia Krenringle, were walking down the hallways of a courtroom, or the hallways to the courtroom, I guess they were in the courthouse, the hallways of a courthouse, let's just say that, and they're singing this song together, and they're just being very creepy about it. I mean, they are on trial for murder, the Tate LaBianca murders, and the question that was discussed on the show that was, which one of them do you want to punch the most? And even though I'm driving the car and I just got my phone, you know, using YouTube Premium and so on, I had the show downloaded on my phone and it's in the seat next to me, I just turned and I looked down at my phone and I shouted, Leslie! Yeah, absolutely, I would have wanted, I wanted to punch Leslie Van Houten the most in that um, single moment because she just seemed the most arrogant. And believe it or not, the people on the, the Tate LaBianca radio program agreed with me almost word for word, they were like, she seemed the most arrogant. Before I truly knew who the members of the Manson family were, I definitely noticed something different about Leslie Van Houten, especially in that scene when they're walking in the courtroom. It stood out to me because it seemed like she was just being a little bit more, um, just trying to get into the spotlight, a little bit more so than Susan Atkins or Patricia Krenwinkel. I've also said very clearly in the past that I thought Leslie Van Houten was the most attractive member of the Manson family, and I know some of you guys disagree with me. Colonel Reb seems to have a thing for Susan Atkins, and I know Chad has a thing for Ruth Ann Morehouse, but to each his own. And uh, Colonel Reb asked me a question about the book, Killer on a White Horse. Is one of the characters based on Susan Atkins? Absolutely, yes. And, I mean, you'll definitely see if there's a character based on Charles Manson or not in the novel that was inspired by the Zodiac Manson connection, but most of them are original characters and so on. Now, there's a female character in the book Killer on the White Horse that is from something that I created back when I was 22, maybe, thereabouts. I'm only saying that because of where I was living at the time, and I wrote a previous novel about her completely I used to be the kind of person who just wanted to be a novelist. Even back in high school, college, I would be the type of person that would spend hours staying up late at night just scribbling in a notebook 
or writing on the computer. And then I would compose these things. There were hundreds of pages long, and then I just wouldn't finish them. Like, I would start writing something, and I would get to about a page, maybe like 122 or something. I'm like, I have no idea how to end this novel. And it would just rest in a computer file and so on. But when I was 22, I wrote an entire novel that has now been lost to time. I don't think there are any copies of that one left. However, one of the characters did make it into Killer on a White Horse, available on Amazon.com. But as far as the next book coming out was, a lot of people have been asking me, are you going to write a book about the Zodiac Killer? And I have something in mind about serial killers. Of course, there would be a large section on the Zodiac Killer and Jack the Ripper. And see, that's the thing. On Black Box Online Radio, I talk about a lot of different subjects, and you guys help me out all the time sharing excellent things in the comments section. All of you guys are awesome, especially you guys who have tuned in regularly, who like and subscribe. I mean, it really is great because you guys can put your comments and questions down below, and it turns into the AMAs and so on. And somebody left um, a comment on the recent episode about uh, the f there were four Zodiacs, the one that was the book discussion on Zodiac Killer Solved, and they're saying that Ray Grant left a very long comment. It's almost like he wrote another book. I say welcome it. I mean, absolutely. I would welcome that. I mean, long comments, short comments, whatever you want to say. Maybe it'll be worked in to one of these episodes here. But it's just a couple quick announcements before I get too caught up in the discussions. Um, there's going to be a regularly scheduled episode on the disappearance of Donna Lass that is going to be coming out tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm really, really uh, liking the way that series is going. I think that we've taken some very positive directions. It's better than I expected in terms of the the way that we are examining the information. And also, giving a shout out to YouTube user Lolo, who made a very good request. Why not do a series on the New Orleans Axe murders from 1912? And like a multi-part series on that one. So that will be happening in the near future. Most likely, there will be a Zodiac Mondays next week, but then who knows when that'll start. In the near future, there will be a multi-part series on the axe murders from New Orleans. However, back to the Zodiac book, I do have something in mind that um, I've never quite, well, I've never quite read anything about um, the idea that I have for this type of book on serial killers, and it has some of my new original information and new discoveries about not only the Zodiac killer, but some other true crime cases that I've been a little bit selfish with and I haven't shared yet, and um, I don't know, when I say it like that, maybe I'll just tell you guys in a future episode. But yeah, there, there's some new observations and some new uh, points have been connected. But the problem is, I really need to finish something first. I was talking about how I was exchanging some messages with Soren Korsgaard, who is the author of the book America's Jack the Ripper, about the Zodiac Killer, of course. He also has other publications out. Korsgaard Publishing is his company. And I was looking for a comment that someone had left on my channel directed to Soren Korsgaard, and while I was searching through um, the saved comments that I have in the email, like, um, it makes an automatic record, so-and-so commented on your video, it turned out that I had emailed myself a copy of a novella from 2000 and something something, and I thought it was lost to time, but I have a copy of that one as well. And that story 
novella. I needs to be partnered with another one. And I actually have three things that are going to go together, and now I'm actually able to do it. So this weekend, I'm hoping to just sit down and do some really intense writing, knock out a couple chapters in the final story. So I think I'm going to assemble that part of that three-part story, three-part novella book before I do anything about true crime and serial killers. And since I put out Killer on a White Horse in the electronic version, I have been going through the computer and going through some safe things on the internet, and I encountered some other writing that I had created in 2017 and 2018 and so on. So I'm going to really decide about how I'm going to be putting these things out because I don't want to just release everything. Be like, hey, look at me, I can put books out on Amazon.com. But anyway, I can um hopefully either expand upon the old writings or it would be much like... um much like this three-part uh, book, that it will be out by the end of the year, I hope. I hope. I really hope, um, I mean, like around December or something, I'll be able to release those um, three stories in one book and so on. And it's going to be, again, It's it might not be exactly what everybody is expecting, but there just isn't enough time in the day. I mean, like, I want to really dive into that New Orleans Axe murder story because I'm going to start, much as I did with Jack the Ripper, from the ground up. I mean, I know next to nothing about it as of now, and I want to learn about it as of now. And the great thing about Black Box Online Radio is I share my journey with you. And that's the way this channel was, like, for years. I mean, plural, I can't even believe it's been years. But the way that it was was that I watch a documentary or something, all right, well, I just talk about it on YouTube, and I'm not trying to pass myself off as some absolutely perfect expert or something like that. I wanted people to think about how, okay, what if your friend watched the same documentary that you did and you were discussing some ideas back and forth? I wanted it to have that type of feeling and so on, because I don't have any type of PhD in psychology as of yet, maybe one day in the future, but... I'm definitely more of what um, Rollo Tomasi described in The Rational Male. Not a professional, not a psychologist, not a doctor, just somebody who's trying to connect a few dots, and that's what I have to be. But I know you, no matter who you are, if you've listened to 14 and a half minutes into this episode or more, then you probably had those type of moments as well when you were watching a true crime documentary, or maybe you were reading the suspect profiles on a Zodiac Killer website, and you had some ideas about them, and you wanted to voice those things. And the comment section on YouTube is great. You guys can always put your um, opinions, ideas, share anything you want down below. And um, that stuff is more than welcome, because you guys have been so helpful to the channel just by that, just by putting stuff in the comment section. Because you have very well well articulated opinions about a number of true crime cases, and for me sometimes it can be a guiding light, even though I end up creating the episode. Sometimes someone will ask a question, and that gets me thinking about something different, and then the whole episode turns into um, something that is 
going in a different direction because of info that I've learned from you guys. Not to mention, everyone has been really great sending in stuff to blackboxonlineradio at AOL.com. That's the place to go to send things like documents, and sometimes comments get deleted on YouTube. I insist. I mean, I double insist. That is not me doing that. I've deleted like five comments in the entire history of Black Box Online Radio. That is the bots. If they think that um, something is inappropriate, they will delete it. But about um, not having enough days in the week, if I had an eighth day in the week, I would do a podcast just like this one. I would do a show just like this one, except I would do it about old-time TV shows. That's just what I imagine it as, old-time TV or something, where I've been watching a lot of older TV shows recently, and I did one episode that I put out on the Astro Psych 400 channel, that's the channel that was mostly about astrology, but I watched this show, Waterloo Road, over the course of the last year, I suppose. Started in 2020, ended in 2021, and it's ten seasons long, and I made a review for it, and I know it's not the most popular thing in the world, but I would love to have a channel like that if there were an eighth day in the week. I mean, talking about writing a book and learning all this new material for a serial killer discussion starting from the ground up. Not quite yet, but believe it or not, um, when I was daydreaming about starting a YouTube channel well before I ever actually did it, that's how I imagined it. Like, I thought that there, there would be one channel, and each day would be devoted to a different subject. I was heavily inspired by the YouTuber John Lorden, who hosts the Lord and Arts channel, because what he did with his show for a while was he had his channel, but five days a week, he had different shows, like he had his personal vlog, one's talking about movies and TV, one is about missing persons cases, and then the, um, was one that I forget what it was about, a epic failure on my part, and the fifth day was just exploring true crime, like any type of true crime was fair game. So, um, I would definitely like to have a channel like that at some point. As of now, though, I'm rather fascinated with the true crime stuff. But what I imagined doing was having, like, one day about true crime, one day about politics, one day about, um, maybe conspiracy theories, and one day about sports, and one day about television shows that has nothing to do with true crime at all. But, um, I can tell that those things aren't the most popular in the world. Unless, like, you're maybe already famous or something, then people just want to see what this person has to say about it. So, um... I don't know if that's going to happen yet, and there really isn't enough time in the day to read all these books, to watch documentaries, and to write another book myself. But um, if you would like to read a copy of Killer on a White Horse, I won't stop you. And you can leave reviews on Amazon.com, and uh, you can say whatever you want or something. Tell your friends and family about A Killer on a White Horse by Ned Dahan. And if you don't like the book, then I will encourage you to buy a t-shirt from the Teespring page. No, whatever. No, I don't really mean that. Yeah, I totally do mean that, but um, not 100%. Only 75%. And anyway, um, there are going to be a lot of things coming out on the Zodiac Killer channel, which is one that I collaborate with. There was the first suspect profile on their channel that was done with a human voice. A lot of the videos, um, well, the videos are made by a team of people, mostly Jack Cooper and Steve Beaumont, and some people work with them. And I was the narrator for that one. I was also the narrator for the documentary series Obsession into Darkness on the Zodiac Killer channel. 
lot of stuff over there that you guys would probably be really fascinated with. I mean, that Don Chaney episode, that turned out to be so much better than I expected. Like, it really went beyond my expectations as well. I was very impressed with the job that they did. And, I mean, feel free to go over to the Zodiac Killer channel, have a listen. And another thing that I want to hear from you guys, I talked about starting this new series on the New Orleans Axe Murders. Well, what are the other true crime cases that you want to hear about? What are what are the cases that you want to hear about, period? I had an absolutely excellent time talking about the um, crimes from the art world, even though some of them are a little bit tragic, like I got into the um, abduction of Frank Sinatra Jr. in that episode, but that was requested by one of the listeners, Mr. JSV650, requested something about the Isabella Stewart Gardner art heist. And... I was like, all right, well, um, I wanted to do that episode, but then I ended up talking about several other crimes from the world of show business, and part of me wants to write that book about serial killers, because I would get into a little bit more of the material that I mentioned in that episode about how Hollywood can be a front for the drug trade, right? If you go back to my episode, Zodiac Killer, Bill Menser, I talk all about how there's like a criminal network, and there's a hierarchy within the network. You have Gregory Allen Cavale directing this guy named Arthur Michael Pascal to carry out the murder of a woman named June Mincher. And Pascal ordered Bill Menser and Robert Lowe to commit that murder. And Bill Menser was also the contract killer from the Cotton Club murder, which saw the death of Roy Radin the year before that, 1983 and 1984 we're talking about. So, very clearly, there is something very nasty that's going on. There are criminal elements. There is a criminal underworld. And the whole reason for the Cotton Club murder is the movie of that name, The Cotton Club, with uh, James Remar and uh, Richard Gere, was a front for cocaine smuggling. It was a front for million-dollar cocaine deals, money laundering, if you want to call it that, but I think a front for the drug trade is a better way of looking at it. And in that episode on the art crimes, I was talking about some more of um, some of more of the things associated with Holly Weird and so on. But that's something that I think is heavily underreported about um, how these types of crimes happen and how certain elements of society turn a blind eye to other more destructive elements of society, particularly the mainstream media. And if I share some with you guys, some of my writings about conspiracy theories and so on, you will see just how how badly the mainstream media is trying to destroy any notion of some of these conspiracy theories because the MSM is trying to get people to watch and to listen they don't want people to challenge them. They want people to sit back and just keep watching TV. It's the same way that even something like the YouTube algorithm can function when it's just feeding you content that is more and more extreme. And I'm going to be sharing a lot of this on Friday's episode. And with the Anything Goes segments, I'm always willing to go into new territory. But um, when I talked about doing that show like that is, um, would happen five days a week and there would be a political episode... Yeah, that would never happen these days. I used to do so many political things 
on this channel, you can go back and find episodes about Joe Biden and Donald Trump and countless presidential candidates from the 2020 election in these old-fashioned black box recordings. I do not talk about that stuff now. And I was even thinking about some of those old episodes, and I was like, what was I doing? I don't need to talk about politics. I don't need to share any of that stuff anymore because I simply don't even care about the political world. And somebody left a comment once saying that, Ned, it's really great that uh, you can put the politics aside and just talk about the true crime cases. And my initial response was, well, that's because <laughs> politics isn't really relevant to the majority of the true crime cases, except for that one time when we found Richard Nixon's name in the 340 cipher, but um, I don't even want to go down that pathway. So when it comes to politics, I don't care anymore. I really have nothing to say about it. I'm so much more fascinated by human behavior on a person-to-person -person level, on a person-to-group level, as opposed to, like, looking at something at the national stage. And um, I would just like to share one thing with you guys about uh, another book project. Like, I was planning on writing another novel that was going to be a murder mystery, another serial killer uh, story. And, again, in the tradition of the Zodiac Killer, I find it so much more... Um, I don't know, just stable to talk about these ideas that I've had about the Zodiac Killer as a novel, because, I mean, I just feel like I would be exploiting the case in some way if I were to write a book about a theory that I didn't genuinely believe. But that's what, that's what the novel is for. It's about telling a story, and it's fiction. It's not real. Yes, of course, I'm citing where I got the idea from, but I wanted to talk about the clues and automobiles in the Zodiac Killer mystery. Oh my goodness, did your head just explode? Doesn't that sound so flippin' exciting? The clues from automobiles in the Zodiac Killer mystery. I mean, I would probably get the Nobel Prize for Literature, right? Right? No, anyway, I mean, I wanted to do it in that way that these people are trying to solve a murder mystery. They're looking at clues from crimes that happened 50 years ago. And the only commonality that they can find are the, these very small details that are left behind on the car doors of the of where the victims were murdered. And the authorities would have no idea. No one has ever put it together other than this team of three people. But then I felt, you know, it's really quite similar to the way that I did things in Killer on a White Horse. And I don't want to... Um, I don't want to mess around too much with just like having like an outline or a blueprint and just repackaging the same story in different contexts. John Cleese from Monty Python gave me the phraseology for that. That's one of the reasons why he said he stopped doing Monty Python on TV was he felt that he was just repackaging his old ideas in different contexts, and I don't want to do that. However, though, that story that I'm going to write this weekend, uh, knock on wood, I mean, like, starting it anyway, it's going to be probably about 100 pages long. I'd like to write at least a couple pages this weekend. It is one that I've written before. I know exactly what I want to say. I just need to recreate something, like a, like a story that I wrote back in college. That's going to be the source material, and just going to see where it goes. I mean, I can't guarantee anything about um, the direction. And, I mean, I don't remember it word for word, but I know the names of the two main characters. I know what happens, and I know the course of events. I just need to put it into writing, and... There's so many things that I could do if, like, I just had the time. As I said, if I had that eighth day in the week, I would be putting out many more novels and so on. But, sadly, we are stuck with seven days in the week, and 
it's just not enough. I mean, to uh, do the show and to share the stuff with you guys. But anyway, some of the great ways to support the channel, in addition to getting a copy of Killer on a White Horse, paperback or electronic now, in addition to getting something from the Teespring page, those t-shirts and coffee mug things that you've been seeing going around, another great way to support the channel is just by listening. And you can download the audio of this program for free at Launchpad 1. That is available in the description box. If you would like to download the video version, you can use YouTube Premium, but you have to pay for that. Launchpad 1 is completely free, so feel free to have a look through some of those things. And also going over to the Zodiac Killer channel, watching the documentary series Obsession and Darkness, any of the suspect profiles as well, but especially the one on Donald Lee Cheney, which I worked on, and I have to say, in a, there are going to be some new things out on the Zodiac Killer channel that are not the suspect profiles. There's a new project in the works over there, and I really don't want to give away too many details, but I think that it may... Well, I think you guys might really um, appreciate a lot of that stuff, and also, I would like to promote some of the other channels that I follow a lot. Drew Beeson's channel, he's the host of the Sodcast. I've also appeared on Professor Dad a couple times, and I just mentioned the Tate LaBianca radio program. I'm a weekly, sometimes daily listener to that one, and um, if I do the episode on Friday according to plan, you hear about a whole bunch of other channels that are outside of the true crime world, but Manny Grossman's channel is really great for learning about the Son of Sam and Maury Terry and the Ultimate Evil. A lot of good stuff out on YouTube, and well, I hope that, uh, I hope that the episodes on Black Box Online Radio are going to get a little bit better, and I mean... I think that I, uh, there have been a lot of good stories that have been shared here, but I definitely would like to just uh, see what happens. Let's just keep doing what we're doing here. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Once again, you're all awesome. Please keep in touch, and I will see you at some point in the future. Until next time.